So, hello everyone, I'm Umaima, the founder of Youthwave Nina. It's so great to be back and finally be able to do an IG Live again. Um, tonight's really exciting because I have with me Emman Hamdi El-Bedawi, a 16-year-old Egyptian innovator living in the Kingdom of Bahrain. Emel is also the second place winner of the most recent edition of the Totoa program. And for those that haven't heard about it yet, Totoa is an exciting interactive program brought to you by HSBC in partnership with Potential.com. The program brings together students, schools, parents, and the business community to help innovate for a shared future. It gives students the chance to practice important business skills, understand sustainable commitments, connect with the corporate world, and hear from some extraordinary professionals along the way. This year, um, we had an excellent number of participants, making it up to 5,050 students from over 1,800 schools. So, Emma, you should be really proud of making it as a winner. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to start the live by thanking you and the uh, Nina team for having me today. I feel so honored being with you guys today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, and I know this is just the beginning of a great journey for you, and I pray um, that you become even more successful. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I mean, we're learning from your footsteps, so yeah. Yeah. So, um, Emily, I just want to—I would just want to give you the opportunity once more to introduce yourself before um, we go ahead. Okay. So, hi everyone. Uh, I'm Emma Hamid Bidoui. I'm Egyptian. However, I live in the Kingdom of Bahrain. I'm 16. I am a writer to be. I love writing. I'm also a public speaker. As Emma introduced me, I am also the second place winner uh, of Power 2020 and 21 uh, competition for this year. So yeah, what else? I'm a person, I'm a food lover. <laughs> I'm a food lover, I love trying new things. So most probably wouldn't catch me doing the same thing twice. So yeah, hopefully that's a good introduction about me. <laughs> it is, um, and that's so exciting. I mean, I'm so glad that you mentioned all of those things and I'm really excited to hear more and know more about you as well throughout this whole session that we have. I'm gonna go ahead. <laughs> Uh, with the first question um, that I have for you today, I would like to start off with a very simple one, and that is, how did you get on the path of innovating and entrepreneurship? It was never on my head, to be honest. Like, innovating, yeah, I had the idea of changing the world, that cliche idea of changing the world. That was always on the back of my head. But I never had that idea, oh, I can make a robot or an AI robot or think about an idea that I would be famous off right now. Didn't think about it. Actually, I would say that was the, uh, the beginning of the journey, uh, as you would say. Yeah, it all started from the It all started from the, I would say it's all started from the semifinals of the Not the registration even, but from the semifinals. Because I was just registering the flower for like, just a competition anyway. I never had in my in my mind the capacity of or like the audience that Totoa reaches to but then uh, after the semi-finals after being chosen uh, being one of the semi-finalists I was like okay humans that's kind of a big deal <laughs> so I would say it was after or during the semi-finals um, announcement so yeah 
That's yeah, that gets answer, me. Though. That actually gets me to my next question, um, because I'm really curious to hear about how your experience was during and after the the Tower program. What about the program was the most special to you? I would say it was. It wasn't just a competition or a mm-hmm. contest. It was journey because not even a program. It was a journey because you start from the beginning. You were clueless, like. What am I supposed to do now? Come up with an idea? I came up with an idea. What am I supposed to do now? They guide you through a whole entire process of being a social entrepreneur. So that's the beauty of the word, that they guide you through the process. They tell you what to do, why to do, and they give you examples. They bring to you people who have already dedicated their whole entire life doing this job. So you'd be like, okay, that's your role model. I want to be like that person one day. So I would say that they give you the experience, giving you real life experience, not just instances or examples on a board during the yeah. Zoom session, but they give you people who actually have dedicated their life for that social entrepreneurship. So yeah. I, I truly second you on that because I participated in the program myself um, back in uh, 2019, so a year before you did. Um, and you know exactly what you said. It, it, they guide you throughout the whole thing, um, and even with being clueless from the beginning, you actually get to educate yourself a lot and become more aware about some of the SDGs, um, the top three ones that they have um, on the program as well. Um, so that's that's really true, and I hope um, you know a lot of the youth also becomes encouraged to try out these kind of programs in the future. Yeah. So uh, moving on to my next question, Emma, you're a high school student. How often do you find it difficult to balance your schoolwork with, say, um, a project that you're equally dedicated to and want to succeed in? Pretty difficult because. High school students, you have your college application, you need to prepare for your college application, you need to prepare for your marks, you need to carry good marks for your college. So, pretty difficult, actually. But because I, I'm known to be a workaholic person, so if I, am, if I have something in my head, if I have uh, something that I'm so interested in, that keeps roaming around in my head, yeah. believe me, I would, I would even forget to sleep or eat. So, so, yeah, I would say it's pretty difficult. But if you're passionate about it, I think you can do, you can make it work. So, yeah. Great. So, you're a workaholic. That's, that's kind of true. I mean, I can relate to that to some level. And, um, you know, I like what you said about, you know, if you're passionate about something, I think you should just go for it and, you know, just see what happens and just do it because it's going to be stuck in your head anyway. So, why not just, you know, get that done and try to see if things work out as well because you never know um, if it's if it's going to end up well so yeah that's that's really important and you know apart from apart from being a high school student Emma are there any other challenges that you face as someone that's on the path of becoming an entrepreneur and that's you at a very young age I think the biggest challenge of all is being educated being updated with whatever's happening around you. So, okay, you need to finish your schoolwork, your assignments, your projects, but you also need to be updated with what's happening in your projects. An instance for that, I left uh, working for a lot of work on the PharmaBot for this week. I came back to my research work. How did the human being raise get all of this done within a week? You get everything, you get a lot of information popping up your, on your feed 
when you're just away. So I would say the biggest challenge is keeping up with what's happening around the world, especially in your field. So I would say that. And because I'm a person who loves to read and write, I'm a public speaker also. So I would say balancing these three things could be overwhelming at some times. But I think time management. Though I sleep at 3 a.m. in the morning at wake and wake up at 7.30. So don't, not sure time management would be the solution. But I would say managing that, three, that uh, I would say, three hour, four hours of sleep. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, so that's that's true. I can, again, relate to that um, very well because that's kind of what's been going on. But I think also with the message we want to get across is that even though you're up to so many different things, you need to have, you know, you need to give equal importance to your own health and to your own sleep as well, because that's that's really important. Um, and yeah, but I can see that you're really, really productive and doing lots of amazing things. Thank you. Thank you. But I want to share with you something in my mouth. So the yeah. program started like the, fi the finals or the, fi the finals started uh, at the beginning of February and uh, at the beginning of March, I mean, and ended at, yeah. the, at the end of March. So that whole entire one month, I was detached from my social life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and after the announcement, the day after the announcement, I took the day off. Thankfully, my beautiful school, my, my school uh, staff, they allowed me to take the day off. Believe it or not, I took the whole day off like sleeping. <laughs> so don't worry. So if you work for a very long period of, of time, it's okay to take a break. That's what I, that's what I learned through the work. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to work hard, but take a break. You don't always need to be to keep working, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely. And I think I, what I would like to add to that is that you should enjoy what you're doing. And, you know, the, the whole process of that is, is equally important as well. So, um, you know, what you just said is, inspiring in a way um and especially to those that are you know very busy or not busy at all maybe it's it's good to think about you know why it's okay to take a break sometimes and that's that's important as well exactly i would always hear that statement that, that tells you follow your dream i disagree with that you should not follow your dream you should be attached to your dream. you should be walking together with your you should be both emotionally physically and mentally attached to your dream. So if you want to do something, you should be willing to do something. Like, I don't think what made me win slower was because I had a good idea or my speech or my pitch was kind of decent. It's because I was attached to my idea. I believed in it. And I think that judges would agree on that, that I showed a lot of passion towards my idea. And later on, after you get to the second question, I'll be telling you why I was attached to the idea. So yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so the next question I have for you might be a little bit personal, but who has inspired you the most, and what is one memory that you have that constantly reminds you to keep going? Ooh, <laughs> thank you for asking me questions that I did that I never thought of. <laughs> uh, someone who keeps me going, I would say, not someone, but a memory or uh, an an instance where I see my parents smiling, where I see uh, my family proud of me. I see that smile of them being proud. I think that's what keeps me going. When I see them proud, when I see them happy, when I see the people I love, they're like, oh my God, that's my daughter, or that's my sister. <laughs> I feel like, oh, I should keep going. So yeah. And another thing is that 
that's a bit too personal too, but I have a little baby nephew. His name is Yusuf. He's a three-year-old. I always think of making a world or creating that environment that one day when he grows up, he'll be like, I want to be just like my auntie, Amal. So yeah, <laughs> a bit too cheesy, cheesy, but like cheesy, cheesy, but like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really that's really adorable. And also, you know, that's that's true. I mean, I think for most of us, we've always wanted our family to be proud, and you know, just the memory of them, you know, being proud of us and kind of smiling at us in a way as well. Um, that kind of keeps us going. So that's that's true. Um, so the next couple of questions that I have for you would um, will highlight your winning project, and I like to I'd like for you to start off by explaining briefly what your project is about and why you came up with it. Okay, let me start first with what made me uh, uh, come up with the idea because that's more important actually. Uh, now let me ask you my bad question. Which okay. Is more harder, which is more harder on an exam or a test? The identify questions or the questions that tells you, oh, evaluate or justify or predict. Which ones are harder during an exam? Which one? The ones that tell you to use your information, like your biology test information, that biology textbook information directly, or the ones that tell you, oh, the information you have puts it in a situation. Which one is harder for you? Honestly, I think the first, the first one would be a little bit more difficult. Um, because you, you need to kind of have this knowledge that they expect you to have. Um, but whereas the, the, the second one, you're expected to kind of give your opinion uh, based on what you already know. Um, yeah, so I think that's, that's kind of what I'm going with. Exactly. So we are, we're, the human race tend to, know, tend to relate to situations. We tend to refer to instances or situations or memories or experience, right? But when you tell us to come up with already given information, we kind of lack. Like, where where am I supposed to get this information from? We get it. We we have that moment of like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, what made me came up with the formabot is that I had I had the idea that we lack utilizing information. We have tons and tons and tons of textbooks, but we cannot. Most of what? Like the information in a textbook, when I memorize it, I finish my biology uh, exam or test or whatever. The next step, I just forget this information, right? So that's the same idea. What I thought of, that pharmacists study four years of pharmacology, right? They study four hours of hard dedication and they start to study medical compounds and the medications and the chemicals found in medications, right? What is the job that they end up doing? they end up categorizing and dispensing medications. That doesn't really utilize information they studied or they took during their four year, uh, not more, pharmacology, right? So I thought of, what if we made a robot, just like created that robot that could do the simple, easy, time-consuming activity or tasks, and we could leave the ones that, uh, the tasks that need human creativity for pharmacists. Like coming up with a medication that could cure, I don't know, like any uh, disease that hasn't been cured yet. So cancer, for example. Coming up with a biotechnology that is similar to the PharmaBot, for example. We leave space for human creativity. We already know how to do simple stuff. Let's bring a robot that does simple, easy stuff. 
and then we get human intelligence to work on what needs their intelligence to exactly utilize their intelligence, I think. So that's how the pharma bot works. What is the pharma bot? The pharma bot is an AI robot that dispenses and categorizes and does simple and easy stuff or tasks for pharmacy or a shift pharmacy, like dispensing medications, filing appointments, uh, categorizing medications, and something, some activities similar to these. So yeah, that's the pharma bot. <laughs> I have to say that's a really impressive idea, and I hope you you're able to take that and make that a reality, and hopefully, um, you know, uh, have that be a solution in the future or even today, present. If you're going to work really hard and really quickly as well, <laughs> so um, you know, you just told me, just explained what your project is about and what it aims to do, and that is to provide a solution. I think also for uh, medication inaccuracy. I think that was one of the points that you mentioned to me earlier as well. Um, and medication inaccuracy is becoming or is already um, an alarming issue. And by your own extensive research, the inaccuracy rate is about 30% in hospital records. And PharmaBot basically is a very productive, convenient, and reliable solution for this particular problem. So I just want to ask you, Amel, what do you think the awareness level is around this area overall? How needed is PharmaBot as a solution? And what are the dangers that you know of, of medical inaccuracy, medication inaccuracy? Medication inaccuracy, it's pretty dangerous. Just think about someone overdosing or underdosing or taking the wrong medication or getting the wrong medication dispense or doing the wrong lab test. They could be pretty dangerous. You're risking a human, you're taking the risk of a human's life to take a medication that they're not supposed to take. So that's pretty dangerous. The level of awareness is not that aware. We're not pretty aware of that. We're aware of the problems, but we're not aware of the cost, of the cost of the problem. So basically, we know about um, a lot of diseases, for example, but we don't know what causes these diseases. Maybe the start of that disease is an overdose of medication, or because, or maybe the way we're not still developing on the medical field or the pharmacy field or the pharmacology field is that we're not using the information these pharmacists own. They have a bundle of information they own. I interviewed one uh, uh, shift pharmacist before, and he told me I transitioned from being a shift pharmacist to a biotechnician because I felt. The information I had was not well utilized. So, and people started considering the study of pharmacology as an easy study, which is actually not, because they'll be like, okay, I'll study four years of pharmacology, not more, and then just graduate work in a pharmacy. That's not the job of a pharmacist. The pharmacist is supposed to create, many, uh, manufacture medications, come up with new solutions not dispense your medications, because anyone could actually dispense your medications. I could dispense your medications. It's just where we need intelligence when it comes to people coming up with solutions, not doing regular, time-consuming things. Okay. And, and, yeah. Just to cut you there, I'm sorry. But and Go like, ahead. Pharmacists, <laughs> pharmacists, when they study pharmacology, they don't study the brand names. They don't study graphene, Ad, uh, Advil, Panadol. They study the medical compound, which is paracetamol. In our ma 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 layman's language, it's painkiller, right? 
So these three paracetamol, which is the main compound and the component that comes under it, they get introduced or they get familiarized with the brand names through their experience. So, yeah, that's one more evidence. <laughs> Great. That's that's a good point. Um, I think I just want to ask, I mean, because you've mentioned that, you know, uh, you could become a pharmacist or somebody else that maybe anybody could be. When you said anybody could be a pharmacist, then um, I think I just maybe contradicts. I don't want to I don't want to say anything, but like, um, you know, doesn't that kind of contradict to when you say that humans have certain limitations with their knowledge, they can make mistakes as well. Um, and then that contradicts to saying that anybody could you know, take that place. Yeah, I know. that It doesn't actually contradict, but what what I meant is that if you get to, you know, okay, for example, in my mouth, if you have 30 shirts, right, you, you get familiar, familiarized to their colors and when, they, when you right. wear them, right? You don't have to organize them, right? Yeah. But what if I give you these 30 shirts and I, give, and I tell you, okay, Maima, play around with the material. Make a new shirt out of the, the 30 shirts. Which one do you prefer? Like coming up with a new shirt or just categorizing them? So that's what I'm talking about. We want to become better. We want to develop through coming up with solutions, not doing the same exact thing. And I right. think you would agree with me when, when we say that uh, dispensing medications is a task that has been done for through centuries, actually, through hundreds of years. And we still keep on doing it. It's a vital it's a very important task, but though human intelligence could do more, we've created um, vaccines within a year. So what? Think about the human intelligence. What they're capable of doing? They're capable of doing a lot, but we don't uh, putting them in a pharmacy. We're limit we're limiting them. I would say. Right. So basically, I think what you're trying to say is that um, while we can kind of rely on, on technology, especially with artificial intelligence and making things more productive, making things more efficient, um, you're trying to create a more productive area for creativity with uh, with humans, actually. So um, I think that's that's a good balance if you, if you answer that way. Yeah, that's I, tr I totally agree with you on that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. OK, yeah. um, so. Um, since your project is primarily focused on artificial intelligence as well, do you think it has a promising future for the science and medical field? If so, why do you think that? Mm, good question. That was in the back of my head. I thought about it one more once in my life. I was like, okay, what's the potential of this project in 10, 20 years? And I, actually, I think it's very promising because think about it. Give me one job that doesn't require artificial intelligence to assess that person. Even use grammar correctors when we're typing your essays. So I would say it's pretty promising. When talking about the medical field and the scientific field, I think it's pretty promising. Because when was the starting point of changing or uh, development for the medical field? When technology was introduced. So what if we further innovate these technologies that they could work on their own, do the usual stuff, and we could be creative. So yeah, and there are also now there are I don't know if you've heard of that, Anima, but are, but there uh, there are these technologies that classify how dangerous um, a patient could be that they could uh, in a hospital um, screen that they could make the most dangerous one or the most not dangerous, but I would say the most right. harmful yeah. and uh, the ones which are 
facing a bit more difficulties at the top and the ones which are still a bit more less critical. critical. Yeah, less critical, exactly. Less critical um, patients to be the ones at the bottom. So yeah, that's an artificial intelligence, by the way. Because because yeah. these artificial intelligence technologies, they got they were exposed to a lot of instances, so they get now they get to know now how to classify them. So that's artificial intelligence. You know, I think that is you know that is a perfect answer for this question about you know whether artificial intelligence has a promising future um, in the field of science and medical uh, and medicine. So um, yeah, good job on that. Um, and now I actually want to talk about something that's re- that's happened to you really a good thing that's happened to you recently um and that's um that you've been featured in the gulf weekly (laughs) 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 great so how do you feel about that and that you've gotten you know some recognition and hopefully you will continue to get recognized for your efforts um within the field of uh, sustainable innovation the field of medicine even and the field of artificial intelligence thank you my mom well can I share with you? I would say it's a recognition story, but more also a funny one. My father okay. was sitting at his normal meeting, just doing. My father is an engineer, so he was just sitting at his normal meetings, just finishing his work, and he was just walking through the corridor. And then three of his coworkers stopped him and said, "Oh, congratulations!" And he froze for a second. About what? <laughs> he told them, "Oh, about your daughter. We saw her on the newspaper. She was featured on the Gulf Weekly." It took a moment to realize that, but I was I was pretty happy that at uh, the table we kept I kept asking them. So, what exactly did they say? Did they say congratulations or congrats? Did they say like, oh, her idea is well or her idea is great? I kept asking these very annoying questions. So I think <laughs> being recognized is something which is cool, but I think being recognized for something that is good or something that's beneficial or has the potential of changing the world i just said that okay <laughs> of changing the world uh i i think that's that's something that you'd be more be proud of not just being recognized but recognized for something that could have the potential of changing a certain field for them to be on a wider spectrum of development so i would say yes <laughs> And yeah, it was my first interview. It was my first ever interview with the news with the news reporter. So believe me or not, I was so talkative on that session on that <laughs> <laughs> So I took the tips and tricks, and now I'm putting them here. Don't know if they're working. I'm still very talkative. It's okay. <laughs> no, they're working, and they're you're doing wonderful. I mean, it's so lovely speaking speaking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know. So um. How do you plan on taking your project forward and, you know, like you said, possibly bring about an extraordinary change? And I believe that you can do that. Thank you. Um, I think research is the key. Research is the key. What I'm yeah. trying to do right now is because I have limited resources. We're talking about an AI robot. I'm high school students. So the capability of me having items or equipment that could uh, that I could use to build an AI robot, they're not pretty. They're not very available right now at the moment. So I would say research. I'm researching so thoroughly and deeply on the topic: artificial intelligence, uh, automation, and automation of dispensing medications. I'm searching around in the topic. 
I would say research and asking more reels. I would say, I would take more opinions. I would interview more pharmacists. So that's the goal. First, research, collect information from people, especially individuals who are working in the field, so pharmacists and uh, pharmacy owners. That's number one. Number two is um, meeting up with a software and a hardware engineer that we could build a robot that could respond to you back. Not Maybe not by talking, or maybe you could just insert values and they could respond back to you. So, yeah. Yeah, and that that sounds like a that sounds like a good plan, honestly. And I think um, I think you'll do especially well with this. Hopefully, we'll see your project, you know, make it out on headlines and be, being a success. <laughs> Inshallah. <laughs> I've been getting uh, people telling me, "Oh, can you make one one of these uh, pharma bots for us? Not for medication purposes, but just to arrange the house." I'm like, "Okay, you're defeating the purpose, but you have a good point." <laughs> Well, it is really a cool idea. I mean, PharmaBot is, is pretty cool. I mean, the first time I heard you pitch it as well, I think I thought like, whoa, this is going to be incredible if it happens, you know. Um, it is going to make an extraordinary change in the world. So hopefully, inshallah. Alayma, I need to commend you on your co compliments. They are like, they're the best thing ever. <laughs> they're the sweetest thing <laughs> ever. Thank you. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, so... We're moving on to the last two questions, um, but before that, I would like to ask you, what are some of the tips that you can give us on innovating sustainably, um, and why do you think that, why do you think that it's important to do so, especially for us and the younger generations? Oh, okay. Um, as I explained earlier, Amayma, as long as we're learning, we're getting ourselves educated about the matter, we're already helping the world. What do I mean by that? If you are aware, you will contribute. So if you are aware of a certain topic, you will share the information with someone else. Now, we're now spreading the message. We're now, being, being, uh, we're now helping a lot of people get aware about the issue of, for example, health and well-being, right? So I think because we're learning, keep yourself learning. So keep educated, keep reading books, keep uh, reading newspaper, keep watching documentaries. I would say just keep yourself educated because when you when you know a lot of information, believe me, the idea would just pop in your head all of a sudden. How? Because that happened with me. I, I when I just got introduced to the flow where I was two weeks apart from the deadline, I had no idea what I was doing. I had like a couple of ideas written on a paper, but I was satisfied with none of them. So until until I was remembering a lot of a lot of uh, um, articles that I've read, a lot of books that I have read, people who talk about the issue, the pharmacists around uh, pharmacists I know uh, mentioning that idea. So I was like, okay, let's combine all of that together with the concept I just have in the back of my head, which is.
I hope that answered your question, Omaima. <laughs> Yes, it did. And I think you've also answered the last question, which was, um, you know, what advice would you give um, to the youth out there? I think those are the two main things um, that really should be talked about. And that is to be educated um, on what's happening around you, just so you know, and also can kind of contribute later on, um, or even at the present, on helping the situations become better. And another thing that you've mentioned is to, uh, to instead of following your passion, you, you should be attached to it. And I think that I totally agree with you on that. And to whoever's listening today, um, I hope that they can actually take that advice very seriously um, because it's true, you know, you can follow your passion for some time, but um, eventually if you get tired of that, then, you know, what are the results going to be? What, are, what is the outcome going to be? So it's better to be attached to, to your passion, to your idea, and kind of dedicate your time and energy towards it. And, um, you know, kind of figure out how you can turn this into an actual success. And I think that's why. Uh, also, another thing is to not give up. I think that's, that's the key message here is to not give up on, on your idea. And, you know, just like what you're doing, you've like had your plan now already. Um, so you've already won second place, which is amazing. And, and now you're just going to get more research, interview people and, and, you know, do your research basically. And then, see how you can build this idea and create it into an actual product, hopefully. So, um, Emma, I'm wishing you all the best. Before yeah, go ahead. Before you end, Amayma, I just wanted to add something else real quick. <laughs> I'm sorry, but... Go ahead. Now, Amayma, I some of the listeners who are listening to us now, they would think, oh, she wants the word. She has been featured on the newspaper. All that came all that came at one uh, all at once, I succeeded all in a second. Or I would say I lifted myself all at a second. That didn't happen, my dear listeners. That didn't happen. I started public speaking when I was in grade five. I was terrible at it, to be honest, but I loved it. I loved uh, public speaking, but I was terrible. I had the confidence, but I didn't know the path that I was going through. I was like, okay, I have the confidence, but I don't have the technique. So I started public speaking when I was in grade five. I'm now grade 11. Uh, went through a lot of ups and downs, a lot of hills and valleys, I would say. But just believe me, don't give up. Don't give up. Just keep a motto for, for yourself. What makes my dream different from yours and my is what keeps us going, the motive. My motive is that I want to build a community for the younger ones, for, the one, for my society, for the youth uh, around me. I want to build a community. So, yeah, actually, keep having a motive. What makes your dream different from mine is your motive. And that's basically what keeps you going. Don't give up. Don't give up. Please. You have really in mind. So please don't give up. You're capable of doing everything, dear listeners. <laughs> I know that our listeners will definitely love you uh, so much after watching this. And, you know, of course, you're right. Do not give up. I, would, I second you on that again. Um, it's very important. And like you said, there's a motive behind everything. So, um, so just keep following what you want to do. Um, or like you said, instead of following, be attached to it um, and really make sure that you put in a lot of effort to keep it going. Um, and I, like you, I think you, one of the, the best things that you've mentioned as well today is that you just, you didn't succeed all the way just like that, you know, like in a click. 
Um, it took you some time. It took you a couple of failures or even more than a couple of failures to get to where you are. Um, and you're still going to go to better places, inshallah. So, um, so I think it's important for our listeners as well to understand that failure is a key, is very important um, in succeeding because unless you have a lot of failures, you won't have a lot of success. I feel like I should say that um, because, you know, yeah, so with being a public speaker as well, yeah, so, you know, with being a public speaker as well, um, I wouldn't say, I mean, I've been doing it myself. I've been doing it um, since, I guess, the first grade, just with small competitions, you know, like just go on stage, say a speech or say a poem or something, and I'd be like, okay, I'll do it. You know, why not? Because back then as a kid, you're, you know, you don't have all of the, the butterflies and all of that. But when growing up, you start to become more aware about yourself and then kind of lose your confidence in the way. And then there's been up, some ups and downs, obviously. So I think same story here, a similar story, actually. Um, <laughs> but really, the key is to just keep going, to keep learning about yourself, about what you can do, about learning about your potential, basically. And um, to keep trying to become better, I think. And, and that's that's really important as well. I do agree, actually, very well. Because... I, there was that moment of uh, I denied myself, or was like, am I actually capable of doing this? I am not. Let me go back. I had these moments, and I actually did go back, or I stepped aside. I'm like, I'm sure I'm not ready. I had these moments where I doubted myself, but then I came back. I was like, okay, you doubting yourself is not help, helping anyone or harming anyone. You're just harming your own self. Give the experience. Exactly. Get the experience. Do it. Just do it. Even though it could be, I would. I don't mean. I don't know. It's like embarrassed. Embarrassed. Shame. Uh, not embarrassed. It might seem weird. It might feel awkward. Do it. Do it. Because next time, when you will learn from it, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't feel as much as bad. Because yeah, I would. I uh, begin of my public speaking journey. I used to speak so fast that anyone that could listen to me would barely understand a letter. A letter. <laughs> so, but now, I think people are complimenting me on my public speaking skills. Not sure. Well, you're excellent <laughs> at it, obviously. I would say that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm speechless. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so... I think I think we're gonna end the live soon, sadly. But I wish we could talk more with you. Um, perhaps next time, you know, we, we can always do this again if you ever have you know new things happening, and if ever you need to spread a new message or kind of renew the message that you've had today as well. Um, I think I would be more than happy and glad and honored to be speaking to you with you another time. I mean, it was such a very fun. Uh, and I also learned from you today, Mayma. So thank you for that. <laughs> I'm glad, and I think I le I've learned a lot from you as well. Uh, and I think you know you're, you've got a lot of you know potential and achieving a lot of things in the near future as well. So um, you know, <laughs> for you for that. And <laughs> <laughs> so I wish you all the best, and I hope to see you grow even more. Um, Michelle, and you know what? I'm just really glad and happy to talk to you today. Um, you've got a lot of things that you said um, that really came across well, and hopefully your audience will also love everything that you did and said. Uh, so 
Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me today. <laughs> I'm so honored being with you today, Emma. So thank you very much. I would, I in the beginning of the semifinal stage, I would always visualize or like imagine me being with you. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Well, I was gonna interview either way because I think I heard your your pitch during the semifinals. It was around that time, and I just knew I was like, "Whoa, this girl! Whether she wins or not, I'm still gonna interview her because I know she's gonna be a success." Either way, so I'm I'll not kidding it. though. I'm not I'll kidding. <laughs> uh, thank you. You're all. Thank you. I find no words in my dictionary, but thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, so um, that we just ended the live with a really happy note, on a really happy note, and I hope you've had a wonderful time, just as much I, as I did. More than you did, Emma, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, you, Emma, for being here today.